Welcome to our 70th episode of Breaking Bread with Steven. I cannot believe I'm saying that. My name is Celeste and I'm your host on this podcast. Last time we spoke about the new thing God is raising in this generation. And such episodes are the kind that I recommend you listen to more than once because every tune-in will inevitably carry another revelation. Here is one of the things that I never get used to even as a minister is when the Lord takes me back to messages that he enabled me to preach and then he begins to teach me through the words that I am speaking proving that truly it is the spirit at work in us that takes over especially when we are bringing glad tidings the good news the gospel of jesus christ so one of the experiences that you might not be able to 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 um experience perhaps in this lifetime because you haven't stood on a pulpit or you haven't preached the gospel anywhere to a larger crowd but it can even happen in smaller settings in a small cell in a home or whatever these are the these are the things that you experience when you are publicly proclaiming the gospel and i believe some of the pastors and ministers uh my fellow ministers will agree with me there are moments where you plan a message but it ends up not being what you wrote or what you prepared that is being preached why because the bible tells us that the spirit of the lord ministers according to our need so he knows how to reach this person and this person and this person where they are and maybe their needs differ in real time i've ever been in service and then once i'm done preaching people walk up to me and they say this you were talking about me and as i'm hearing those testimonies in the room i realize that these people have different situations and yet they all feel like the message was tailored to them so it's a blessing to experience that but even more so it's a blessing to know that we can decrease so that the spirit may increase we can make room and allow the lord to plead his case even before men and i love that scripture it's very clear jesus says if i be lifted He does not say when I be lifted, but he says, if I be lifted, I will draw all men unto myself. So there are instances where someone can spend hours preaching and preaching and preaching, but yet they are not lifting Christ. But yet it's a situation of 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 uh, of of when, like it requires a certain um, willingness and understanding to lift Jesus that the hearts of men may be drawn to him so yeah i think this is one of those episodes as well and i wanted to also remind you that this is our last episode of 2023 and i want to thank each and every one of you that has engaged with this platform that has reached out with questions and with gratitude but most importantly those that have given an opportunity to some of their friends and relatives to listen to the word of truth by sharing it with them. I think my greatest joy is to know that someone feels a simplicity in the word of God that they had never encountered before, but that that simplicity does not devoid it of its power. What do I mean by this? It's 
there are times where you could have probably tried to read scripture for yourself but you feel like it's a history book there are times where you could have attended a church service but it feels like you're not connecting there are things you're not understanding and it's not that there's anything with anything wrong with the church but it's because god gives grace even to you to listen to a certain teacher and gives a certain teacher a grace to speak words that will resonate with you that is why you can listen to a certain pastor and not the other and yet they're preaching the same thing and i believe that if you come to a platform and you find that and you find that simplicity of christ brought close to home and it really does work in you it does open your eyes and open your heart to longing for more and seeking more for yourself because now you have a somewhat enlarged understanding i think that is a great blessing be it for me and be it to the heavens that rejoice that one has come back home people perish for lack of knowledge and this wisdom and this understanding that has been formed in my spirit is just so that i can make a certain knowledge available to you and you also grow into that and go and plant other seeds elsewhere as the lord leads you so i love reading the psalms because i realize that some of the trials that one man may go through will inevitably serve as a consolation for many other people and so there are things that i could have experienced as i first sought god as i first started to understand this when i was called when i understood my calling when i positioned myself to 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 do according to what god was showing me and all those moments were not painless all those moments were not easy but to know that today it can come up as a form of teaching as a form of understanding that could not have been formed in me unless i went through that trial unless i went through that tribulation and today it's blessing you today it's framing you into understanding today it's enlightening the eyes of your spirit then i would go through it over and over again So it's an honor and a joy to see that we have that blessed opportunity even today to be the salt and the light as ministers that have been made able to preach this covenant of peace. So one of the questions I really wrestled with for a long time after salvation was why many people get saved and they seem to desire to be teachers or pastors or be in ministry for whatever reason and i think that was also part of um my trying to fight the calling of god upon my life because i was like me of all people there could never there could be somebody else there's definitely somebody else because i don't understand why that would be me <laughs> But at the same time, God's thoughts are not our thoughts. And the way he sees things, the way he understands things, the way he processes information, it, it's, it's very important for us to seek to be aligned with that more than we want, to, we want things to make sense for us, more than we want um, our logical minds to define our reality. And... One of the things that came to me as I continued to wrestle with the Lord about this is there's a tug that comes upon you. There's a tug that comes in your heart and it feels as though responding to it 
becomes a matter of life or death. And I searched the scriptures diligently and throughout the gospels and I realized that no man that has truly, truly received the potent seed that is in the word of truth, that is the word of God in their hearts can be comfortable sitting complacent and just content with receiving but never giving. So... You might not stand on the pulpit in this lifetime. You might not be a pastor that puts together a certain crusade or an overnight and then people come from all corners of the world to attend. That might not be your story in a lifetime. But you might hold a cell in your home. You might preach to your house help and then they receive Christ because they were serving in your home between the year 2015 and 2023. You might just be at work in the testament of your life, how you are, how you have integrity, how you carry yourself with 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 dignity, how you speak, how you handle conflict becomes the reason somebody else gets saved. Even as I say this, I'm reminded of this young man. He he was a fellow of ours in high school and he was ridiculed and mocked by many people, myself included, because of how devoted he was to the gospel. He was our age mate. He was in our classes, but I could not understand. I was like, what in the world has this boy encountered that makes him so devoted that he doesn't want to have fun? He doesn't want to be with us. He doesn't want to have even a simple conversation about things that we others were experiencing in the world. And he really tried his best to preach the gospel. He taught people in school. He studied and sometimes his grades would be affected and that would become the reason why we mock him. Because we're like, if you serve this mighty God, why aren't you the A plus student? Why aren't you this and that? But really, it was not a consistent thing. You wouldn't have called him unable to excel in school. It was just a seasonal thing like it was for all of us. It's just that he had exalted the Lord so high that we held him on a pedestal as if he was not allowed to make mistakes. And every day when I remember that fellow, I give thanks to God for him because if it was not for his devotion, for his consistency, for his fervency i don't think i would have imagined that it is even possible for any young people amongst us to be so devoted to the lord and that's many years ago we haven't spoken we haven't even met i don't even think that he would remember uh, those instances and have any form of offense in his heart but he saw something he was like the man in the gospels that found the field and he found treasure in the field and then he just sold everything to buy this field and possess it. And so when I think of people like that, I realize that there is something, there's a nudge that comes into your heart and you can't help it. Your ministry could be to listen to this podcast and then you send it to another friend. You send it to another relative. You don't know how far it will go. It is not to bring 
bring clout to this podcast per se. I'm using it as an example. It could be to be blessed by a certain sermon. And then instead of keeping it to yourself, you share it with another person. Because guess what? When you love a certain person, everything good that occurs to you or that comes to your life, you want to share it with them. And so it's the same thing with the word of God. You realize that this is how it's going. You have friends. I have friends whom I delight in sharing the revelations that God brings to my life. We put it on the table. We discuss it and they share their part. I share my part. We dissect what we're encountering and we pray and we can spend hours there without even realizing that that time has gone by. And all of a sudden, we just feel that the Lord has placed that message and you discuss it with people and you realize that the minds of people are open to understand this and before you know it it's like a message that's growing and enlarging and everything and we have scriptures that tell us indeed that such experiences are possible because the lord will give us a mouth and wisdom that none of our opponents can be able to reply or to refute us the holy spirit takes over in our hearts the bible says in luke 21 um along verse 13 and 14 i believe that don't worry in advance the king james version says resolve in your heart that you will not think or meditate upon what you will say beforehand. That means there is such a knowledge of God inhabiting you. The more you read the word, the more you hear, the more you pray, the more you meditate. There's such a knowledge that is being formed in your heart that the moment you're invited to speak anywhere, be it to one person, to an audience of one or an audience of 30, or in a crusade, in a stadium, or in the arena, there is something that will come upon you and you will be given a mouth and a wisdom that no man can refute. Even the people who don't believe, something in them will bear witness with your spirit that whatever you're speaking, I might not understand how to apply it to my own life, but I know it's the truth. So I will stick around until it forms in my mind. So I'm really wrestling with this and I'm wondering, Lord, how come? And I come through, I come across James 3 uh, verse 1, where he talks about not many of you should become teachers because those who teach are judged more strictly. And so I want you to understand that there's no one who asks God, make me a pastor or make me this and that. Even these influential people you see, these pastors who have gone uh, all over the world and are known by all men. There are things that hurt ministers. There are things that are difficult even for us, even on our bodies, on our souls, on our spirits. The Bible says that even the closest to you, your parents, your brothers, your relatives, your friends will betray you and some will even kill you. They might not point a gun to you. They might not bring out a sword and and, and slay you. But if even gossip is a character assassination, the Bible tells us that even when you gossip, you have killed your brother. So... Even if gossip is a character's assassination, it still hurts as much when it comes from your parents or your brothers or your relatives or your friends. 
So it's hard. There's such a big cost to preaching the gospel. And it will come unexpected, inevitably. Not unexpected because there is a preparation in our minds that Jesus gives us in this passage of Luke 21. And he tells us that those things will happen. But regardless, not a hair, not a hair of your head will perish. By standing firm, you will win souls. And the Bible tells us that wisdom, the wise wins a soul. Those who are wise win souls. So there will be a cost on your life. It will not always be rosy. It will not always be easy. It will not always be um, a walk in the park. And you will be fighting some private battles and still be expected to show up diligently and consistently because out of your bellies there's a river that's flowing out that is permitting another soul to be one to Christ and there's no greater reward in life than to experience that once it happens even to you so scriptures like Matthew 10 8 started to come alive to me freely have you been given so freely should you give sometimes the Lord will reveal things that make me not able to sleep for a week I sleep a few hours and then that revelation is brewing in my spirit so delicately so much so heavily that I just toss and turn in bed and allow it to be agitated and allow it to be you see in Kinyaranda there's a term that we use concerning milk called guchunda so there's that continuous movement like when you're using um that's not a right example <laughs> yeah that continuous movement of like um I, I, I skimming milk is it what it's called and that and that turns this milk into a different version of it right that's the best way i can put it at least in this language that is not my first language and that's what's happening in my spirit something is being molded and moved around though like when you're cooking fufu or ugali or however you call it and that process of taking a shape it starts as powder and then the more you mix it with water and continuously move it around it becomes another shape and something that can be consumed that is what's happening in one's spirit so it becomes so much that you it spills out of you it spills when you're talking it spills when you're even expressing something completely unrelated but somehow your spirit and your lips will be directed to reveal christ even in the simplicity of the things you're talking about we can talk about our work experiences and before you know it you realize that there is more testimony of god in my workplace or in my work um, experience because of that encounter of that oneness with god that in everything that happens how you dress how you speak how you walk how you think how you reason how you invest how you literally everything you have a way to trace it back to who God is in your life. That is a reality that you and I have the privilege of living in because of the Holy Spirit at work in us. Matthew 9.37 says, The harvest is plentiful, but laborers are few. Pray then to the Lord of the harvest that he sends workers into the field. There are people that your father, your mother, your siblings 
could have the grace to listen to. If a prophet is not admitted in his own home, the same way a certain pastor, a certain man or woman of God spoke the word once and then that day you gave your life to Jesus and you listen to them and not another pastor, even when they're speaking the same things, there's a grace that was given to that man to instruct you into holiness, just as there's a grace that's been given to your ears to hear the voice of this man or this woman as your shepherd. So don't give up on praying for your families or believing that in their lives something will change because you look at yourself and think because they're your relatives, you have to be the one to preach to them. I wrestled with that for so long until that understanding came to me. And the Bible says that he who sits in heaven laughs. I laughed with the Lord because I was like, why was I fighting like this? (laughs) So what happens with the prophet who's not admitted in the word i might not be able to be the one that preaches to these people who are very close to me but i'm able to preach to you and once that revelation lands in you you might be a friend of my brother or my sister or my mother or my whatever relative you can think of and you become the one they listen to now once that testimony has formed in them Every time something good comes to you or something that you believe you don't have enough knowledge about, but then you are humble in heart to recognize who does and you go to them, you tie yourself to them, you you want to listen to them, You their experiences all of a sudden sound the most interesting things in this world for you to listen to and it becomes your favorite thing to do, to listen to them, to, to study how they've done certain things things to share what you're experiencing as one who is new to the faith and find that no matter how hard it seems it won't kill you because in front of you you have a living example of someone who went through it and came out triumphant and then now you become a treasure a precious resource in your family yet one day you were the unadmitted prophet in it So these are the things that Jesus looks at and sees that he has compassion for these people because they don't have enough laborers. And because God has devoted to come to the world through his people, to use men and women to perform things on his behalf in the world, it will always be imperative that even when we pray, we pray that there will be more people to receive this precious gift of the holy spirit and to use it accordingly that many may cross over to the other side of salvation and inherit uh, eternal life now this brings me to where i just want to emphasize my point today to lay my emphasis and to give you an exhortation that allows you to cross over into 2024 with an understanding of your part as a believer Even if you might never stand on a pulpit, I repeat it many times that you may know that it's not a responsibility given to others and not others. It is our part. The Great Commission is our part that we may all spread this gospel far and wide. There are places you might be able to go to that I'm not. There are places that you might be able to send this podcast or the devotion or an article that I may not even be aware of. 
but you become an extension of that because you have been blessed because you have been freely given you also freely give unto another so today i just wanted to take that time to teach how this work how this ecosystem of harvest and laborers functions i want to build your faith and give you that mandate just as the lord gave it to all of us just reiterate the words of the lord to carry out the great commission we've been instructed by our lord for nothing whether gold or silver will ever surpass the gift that is salvation the prophet isaiah in um, chapter 52 verse 7 says how beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of the one who brings good news who proclaims peace and who brings glad tidings of good things who proclaims salvation and who says to zion your god reigns the beautiful feet the how blessed are the feet of he who brings salvation he who brings the good news he who brings glad tidings those that means your feet are blessed wherever you share your your hands are blessed whenever you click and share a link of a sermon or a an episode that blessed you your hands are blessed when you invite a friend or two to come with you at church for a particular reason everything about you becomes an honorable vessel unto god because you your heart beats to see others come to this saving knowledge of truth so we are in interesting times and there are very hard times we are not here telling you to leave ignorant of what's happening around you but at the same time don't be very lax or um lazy about acknowledging the grace that is abounding as much as sin is abounding more and we're seeing wars we're seeing things that we could have never imagined proving the scriptures that say that the hearts of men are so evil that they can conceive things out of their evil hearts that you could never imagine when you live in the west you realize that there's no fear of god that is the reason why you see so many things going south you hear people do things or allow things in their families or you see a young person respond to an elderly in a way that you would never dare to do so as an african even if this person is not even related to you your boss or how these people behave and for me it breaks my heart because i understand the spiritual implication that is in this and many will say that we over spiritualize things but the truth is where there's no fear of god there is nothing that can restrain you there is nothing that seems forbidden there is nothing that seems out of question or out of boundary because the only thing that can regulate such things is the love of god and the bible tells us that love constrains So such things happen and then they become a trend. They move from being a trend to becoming a culture. They move from being a culture to becoming now something that is established in a nation and now it becomes a must. 
So the spiritual implication of this begins when men allow it into their lives, allow this sin into their lives. This lack of fear of the Lord is exactly what makes the West what it looks like today. And lo and behold, because in our nations, in our quote-unquote third world countries, there is a disease of wanting to copy what we see on TV. In as much as it's a detrimental reality, we just keep taking it in, taking it in without necessarily having the full counsel of the implication that goes into that in the realm of the spirit. And then before you know it, you are seeing people in Rwanda or in Kenya or in Uganda or in Zambia or in South Africa. They are responding to life. They are experiencing problems that are irrelevant to our land. They are experiencing things that have no origin that you can trace in Africa, for example. Why? Because they're exposed to their TVs, they're exposed to their social medias, they're seeing and incubating and multiplying these things they see on socials, on TV, in movies, and they become slowly a conscious reality for them. So you're in Africa, but you're having European problems. That is a very great spirit growing even in our lands. So even as you think of these things we we are not taken by surprise as believers because the bible tells us that everyone will see the son of man coming on the cloud with power and great glory and then jesus finishes that sentence in luke 21 27 and he says when all these things begin to happen stand and look up because your salvation is near So here's the thing. There are people who will read a book like Revelation and then feel frightened or read some of the stories in the Gospels of what the end times will look like. And if you're careful, you will see that those end times are actually happening right now in real time before our eyes, according to what the Bible tells us it will look like. And they will just feel fear overtake them. The reason is because they are not imbibed in love they are not wrapped up by the love of god they don't carry that fear of god in them that restrains them to engage into these things that are very spiritual that are that they they engage in everything so naively that they don't see this other part that is spiritual and that causes a chasm between them and god and They fear because that love is not present in them. What love? The Bible says that God is love. And so this love, it also says that perfect love casts out all fear. So if I read these books, I carry no fear in my heart because I know that I may not have arrived Again, in the conceit of the heart, I cannot allow pride to grow in my heart and think that there is no more for me to learn. But I have a confidence and a blessed assurance that number one, my soul is saved and I am in a continuous state of sanctification by remaining plugged to truth 
through the word of God, through being in a church, through being surrounded by a community of saints, through having accountability, through making sure that I allow the, the word of God, not just to give me promises that make me celebrate, but to cut me, to open me straight in my heart and to convict me of things that are not of God and to give me the power to leave them be and to live a life that continuously reiterates the holiness of God that has come in me by his Holy Spirit. That is a very powerful understanding that you will indeed, as Jesus prescribes, look up because your salvation is near. So my friend, as we close our last episode of the year, my prayer is that you make God a priority in your life. That you begin to seek him for who he is. You begin to look for him that you may know him. That you may understand him. That you may connect to how he reasons. What makes his heart what moves him what allows him to do this and that how he does it the bible tells us in ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 11 especially the amplified version is one that brings out the true meaning of this scripture how how it, it, it dawned on me when i saw it and he says he has made everything beautiful in its time he has also planted eternity in men's hearts and minds, a divinely implanted sense of a purpose working through the ages, which nothing under the sun but God alone can satisfy. Nothing under the sun but God alone. That is an exclusive noun. It means there's nothing less, nothing more you can add. There's nothing above, nothing below, nothing left or right center that can be added. And he says this sense of purpose only God can satisfy. So we live obsessed with the idea of finding out our purpose. But the purpose of mankind is one. It is to seek and know God. And when you know that, Matthew 6.33 will become the emblem of your life. And it says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all, all these other things will be added unto you. When he says all he means health he means wealth he means politeness he means wisdom he means understanding he means beauty he means favor he means accuracy he means an eloquence that you speak things and they make sense everything that you would need in this life will be added on to you when you seek first the kingdom of god when you satisfy the sense of purpose which the bible tells us that nothing under the sun but God alone can satisfy. I was speaking to a friend of mine and 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 who's also a disciple of mine and we were discussing how this passage plays into our lives. If you speak to a man like Mark Zuckerberg, 
who created Facebook and Instagram and all these things that we use on a daily basis. He might tell you that he found this purpose when he created Facebook because, hey, it's working for him. We see the result worldwide. He does not need to introduce himself. Matter of fact, I'm using him as an example to preach the gospel. <laughs> so he knows, he is known, and every man looking from the outside could say this man found his purpose. But if it has no God in it, he will still be going. That's why we see a lot of wealthy celebrities, wealthy people that have meditated life, that have no possible financial need or need of any material that money can buy. And yet in the end, they commit suicide. In the end, their marriages are broken. In the end, they bring up the most broken children you will ever encounter. In the end, they feel incomplete and everything, instead of giving them a certain security and joy, disgusts them. And they have a wealth that another would look at and be like, ah, me, if I had that money, all my problems would be finished. Why? It's because there is a certain purpose that only, that exclusively comes when you have co connected to something. And this is the seeking heart in knowing God. So that is my prayer for you. That you don't take God as a meeting for Sunday. You don't take God as something that continuously uh, is there for you even when you, you take it for granted. You don't take God as a distant priest that is only up there to judge you and to tell you everything that's wrong about your life. But as someone who shines a light about your life, about everything that you encounter, not just to convict you, but to also offer you a way out. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, that there is no temptation that has befallen you that has not happened to others before you. But God is faithful not to allow you be tempted beyond what you can bear, and he will always provide a way out. So even when you receive a conviction, godly sorrow brings repentance and therefore you have life. The worldly sorrow brings death because you have not fulfilled that purpose that can only underline, only highlight, only in your Bibles. Go and look for it. Highlight it on your version. Highlight it in your physical Bible if you have one highlight it and make a poster out of it make it your wallpaper for three days but no there is one thing in your life that can only be satisfied by god and once you connect to that thing everything about your life will make sense that is my prayer over you that is my prayer over like your loved ones and that is my prayer that as you cross over you will be feeding, servicing that nudge in your spirit to make God your priority. And you will testify that this has been true, that this has been your truth and your reality as you go through this life. Let's pray. Father, I bless your name for this word and I bless you for every man and woman who has received it, who has listened to it, and who will testify of your goodness as they progressively move through life. This word 
tells us that there is a sense of purpose working through the ages and that only you can satisfy it. I pray for everyone who has relaxed and became complacent in their work, in their surroundings, in their love life, in their marriages, in their parenting, and they they became distant from the blesser, from the one of whom all perfect gifts are from. That today their hearts and their fire and their desire and their altars will be rekindled again. You're a God of grace and you are abundant in mercy. You're patient with us. And I thank you, Lord, that you don't deal with us as our sin deserves, but you deal with us according to who you are, according to your riches in mercy and in glory, ministering to every man and every woman according to their need. I thank you, Lord, that you have made us able ministers of this covenant of peace, be it me or the people listening to me, as they continuously walk with you and be secure and be aware of who you've called them to be. And as you endow them with the grace to speak and the grace to be heard by those whom you have assigned to them. I strongly believe that every man has a lot assigned to them. And part of this lot is to win souls by lifting Christ and allowing their hearts to come. So open their eyes to what this reality looks like for each and every single one of them. I thank you, Lord, for relentless pursuit that you have enabled to be part of this journey of every woman and man who's listening to me today, Lord, that the resources and the seeds that have been planted in them as they continuously stayed the course, listened, read, and shared, and discussed whatever they find on this platform with their friends, Father, let it be that they understand there's no copyright in the spirit and that you promise in your word that our teachers will not be hidden from us that as they receive from this altar as they receive from their own churches where they are planted all these things will work together for their good because your word can never be wasted so i thank you lord that you've brought us this far that every single monday of the year we've showed up ready to listen ready to implement ready to meditate and to keep these in our hearts every single day i give you praise i give you honor and no man can do such things except for christ being with them now to you who is able to do abundantly exceedingly and above I pray that every promise and every word and everything that is assigned to every man and woman and their families and their relatives and their loved ones that is listening to me today, Lord, that you will see it to completion because you are the one that begins every good work in us. So I thank you, Lord, that wherever these people are listening to me from, those who are commuting, those who are in their rooms, those who are by themselves in a quiet place those who are wherever they're listening from that you will touch them and minister in ways that only you can as the omnipresent and omnipotent god i thank you for your word that is unfailing and because of our faith for faith is the only way to please god because of our faith lord all these things will come to pass and we will see them in the land of the living. I thank you, Father, that your love and mercy has gone into our future to set our days right. 
For that, O Lord, we have an expectation of good to come as we usher into 2024, a year of supernatural fulfillment, supernatural coming to pass connections, divine connections, that the people that have truly sought you in humility of heart, in meekness, and in desire to know more of you will eat its fruit thereof. I thank you that we are positioned. I thank you that we honor you with everything that is ours, for it is from your hand where it has come from. I thank you, Lord, that you are able to do abundantly, exceedingly more than even whatever I can ask for in this moment. I give you praise. As I finish this, Lord, I pray that every man and woman who has not received Christ as Lord and Savior, but happens to be on this platform listening to me today, that their hearts will be turned towards you. And if you are that person, here is a prayer I need you to pray. Father, I thank you that you died for my sins, that you were risen for my glory. I thank you for that sacrifice because for it I'm reconciled to you. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Come take charge. Come and be Lord over my life. Today and forevermore I am born again and my salvation is secure. And I know that I am called, that I am set apart, that I am chosen and all that because of Jesus. It is the name of the, our Lord that we pray and believe. Amen. If this was a, a, a meeting, a church meeting, I would say everybody clap and everybody rejoice. But if you are that person, feel free to reach out. And we're just going to walk with you and pray for you and make sure that you understand the privilege of crossing over to the other side. Every single person who has listened, who has shared, who has given of their time and of their interest, of their resources, of any way that you have been blessed by this ministry, just know you are equally a greater blessing to me, to us, and that we will continue to grow stronger and stronger in Christ as we usher into another year. So as I will not be back on this platform until the first week of January, I will say Merry Christmas, I will say Happy New Year, and I will say be safe, act responsible, carry yourself with dignity, and honor the Lord in all the things that you do. Enjoy time with your family, reflect and put down the grace of God that has kept you and ushered you thus far. And most importantly, remember to give thanks in all times. You are blessed. I love you so much and see you in a couple weeks from today. Bye.